Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Now that's great new inventory right there. Maybe you prefer pre-owned inventory. Maybe your budget says so as well. Well, they do a great job with pre-owned inventory. Check it over meticulously. That way you know you've got the best shot of getting an outstanding vehicle and a fabulous service department as well. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kier with 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Play-by-play call the day, the Bucks and Mike Evans against the Giants. From the nine-yard line, Brady lob pass, back shoulder toward Mike Evans. He makes the catch as he inbounds. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. What a catch by Evans. Perfect throw by Brady. And the Buccaneers are now 22 for 22 on goal to go. That's from the nine-yard line. Bucks take the lead, 21 to 17. Old friend Gene Deckerhoff with the call on the Bucks radio network. I think I've known Gene for 32, 33 years. Great guy, fabulous announcer, does Florida State as well. All right. The Steelers are 7-0, and thus the only reporter that we have on this week from an undefeated team is Neil Kulong. Neil, welcome. Great to have you with us. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. I, um, I, I, we've never been in this position. I wasn't even alive the last time the Steelers were 7-0. and Wow, that's not good. Now, now I should point out that as somebody who was a North North Dakota State grad, you're actually used to this. I am. They they uh, they're a team that has not had many non seven and zero seasons in the last decade. This won't be one of them, but uh, they're one and zero. That that's been fun from that perspective. I just I haven't covered them since they were. Division two, and I was a college kid just doing it for beer money, to be honest. So <laughs> it, uh, things, have, things have changed a little bit. Um, but yeah, it was. It, it's interesting to see them from this perspective, just because you're used to seeing the way fans would describe it, at least that one letdown Tomlin loss early in the year, that one um, interconference road loss in which the opponent is, is super jacked up and they're ready to go and everything like that. The Steelers are, are typically a you know a better than average team. They'll go on the road against kind of an up-and-coming team and, and take a real tough one against somebody in their building. Um, they haven't had that. I, I don't want to say that they've had to sneak up on anybody at this point. I think people knew what the Steelers were going to be. But more than anything, each passing week, the more and more I see that this team, it feels like that 2008 team, a, a good team, you know, a team that, that you know you're going to, as an opponent, you know that you're going to get a tough game from. But they find different ways to win each week. It's not just one guy. It's not just one phase of their game. There's something each week that, that stands out and kind of gives you a mark of, this is a really well-balanced team. It's a well-coached team. Uh, they're getting better in terms of discipline. 
they're they're there's still some holes I think that they need to plug, but they're not. You know, the next three games aren't going to be real tough for them, and it's legitimate that you're looking at a 13 or 14 win team right now, just based on what they have left, um, if they can stay healthy, and that that's really been the main thing for them. Um, I, I think it's going to take its toll here sooner rather than later. But it, overall, I, I think Mike Tomlin's done a phenomenal job managing uh, each aspect of this in you know the, the craziest environment that anybody in our lifetimes have, have uh, had to coach through. He's done an excellent job, and you see it week to week. They're, they're not. I don't think they've put together four great quarters yet against anybody, but they've played outstanding football in at least one half of every game that they've played. And I think the record indicates that. Uh, I was in touch with uh, Tom Bradley last night. Uh, so how do you think you – know, so that brings up the topic. How do you think the secondary has played? I think they, the secondary has been um, – I, I don't want to praise them overall too much. There, there have been some breakdowns, but sure. I think – in their defense, which by, the, which by the way he admits, so it's not you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah nothing's going to be perfect anyway, and it, it, it's it's a great unit, and I think it's a unit that knows the expectation of this defense is to choke out the opposing running game, and with that, they get kind of left out there on their own a little bit, kind of high and dry. If those blitzes are picked up, if the quarterback has more than than you know four seconds to throw the ball, they're in a pretty tough spot. Uh, deeper in the secondary in particular. And we're seeing a lot of that from Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, a, a playmaker, a ball hawk, a guy that, that's really trying to, to make plays uh, deeper back there. If, if he's wrong, if he misses on something, which we saw um, in, in the previous week's game, it, it can lead to a big play, and, and it has. I think we've seen uh, within their secondary a couple real tight big plays that, that didn't really go their way plays that could have been made that they just missed out on the offense just beat them on that play uh but overall i mean you, you really can't get upset with the general uh effort to, from what we've seen out of the secondary to this point you know it's a good unit it's not one that can just back down um you you certainly worry about you know the desire to stop the run after a game where baltimore rushed for about a, a jillion yards whatever right. it was but right. they they're able to defend the pass they're able to defend the run they're able to, to sack the quarterback and they're able to make plays on the ball that that's a good unit um they've done all of that at various points throughout this season and they're only going to get better I, I don't think they've hit their their top end yet um and you hope the absence of Devin Bush and now that the addition of Avery Williamson in combination with Robert Spillane or whoever else they're going to throw in there, that gives them a new identity and they're able to play a different way uh, than what they might have had to do or wanted to do when Bush was in there. Um, you, you see that the arrow is pointed up for this unit. They're going to get better than what we've seen, um, but they're still going to hit the quarterback, and that's a big thing. I want to ask about Lamar Jackson for a moment. Uh, Baltimore is five and three in their last eight games, going back to last season. And obviously, we're starting with the playoff game that they lost to Tennessee. In the three losses, in the three losses, Jackson has turned the ball over personally eight times, four interceptions, four lost fumbles, and has a passer rating of sixty-two point six. Is it a legitimate question that the big game? Uh, escapes him and that he's not at the moment ready for the moment. I don't like to say a, a big game thing for a player, certainly not in a, a body of work that includes one playoff game. Um, what we're talking about is how he plays really in losses. Well, and, does, uh, I'm asking honest, about how he plays against the better teams. 
right? And get yeah, a playoff they're, they're game. Not Kansas City's the defending Super Bowl champion. Pittsburgh's undefeated, and Tennessee went to the AFC Championship game last year because they they beat them. Those are three of the better teams he's faced, and he hasn't played well against them. And he, he's played very poorly, in fact. And and Sunday was the worst. I mean, he was he was awful. That was a really really poor quarterback and performance. Um, regardless of his past, regardless of how good of a player he is, he made terrible decisions with the football. He didn't protect it in situations where I can't imagine nobody told him to protect the ball. You can't escape through the middle of the field as a quarterback looking to throw. You have to protect the ball. It was the easiest strip sack that Bud Dupree has ever had. It was a great heads-up play by him, but Jackson was begging to to have the ball knocked loose. The interception that he threw to Spillane, the pick six, was I I can't it's impossible to imagine Robert Spillane, of all people, closing on a pass like that and being able to intercept it and run untouched 50 yards down the field. Um, it, it, a, a horrible decision by Lamar Jackson. And the interception to Alex Highsmith was worse. I, I can't believe that he threw the pass that he threw. Right. Um, it, he, he played very poorly. They lost the game because he, did, he played as poorly as he did. Uh, it was a great football game outside of that, but Jackson let the Steelers back in. The Steelers were able to, to catch up at the end after getting their, their tails kicked pretty good in the first half offensively. Pittsburgh was, was horrible, uh, the offensive side of the ball, to start that game. But it, it, Lamar... It, it, He's got talent. Um, no you doubt. see it physically. He made a couple really good throws. No doubt. Um, they're, they're aiming to do something with him in an area of the, the game. I think he needed to grow, and he always had, has needed to grow. They hit on something good last year. They had a much better offensive line. They were able to run with him much more successfully uh, than they have been to this point in the season. He's still going to be dangerous, but he's really trying to stay in the pocket and deliver the ball down the field. But it's almost like... If, if he's not able to see the whole field, if, if he's making the mistakes that we saw on Sunday, we saw against Tennessee and we saw against Kansas City, like you pointed out, you need to fix that. that that's an area that he's going to have to continue to work. And I kind of thought that there might be a, a, an issue with him this season. They're not going to have him run 150 times. No. They really don't want him to have to touch the ball that often. No. So it, he's going to have to, to be able to throw. And it, it, at the same time, not to, to bash Baltimore or anything like that, but at the same time, their decision going into the season was to draft another two wide receivers yeah. like they did the previous year. And then Willie Sneed now is your veteran receiver who frankly doesn't scare anybody in, in any way, shape, or form. You have a five deep of two rookies, two second-year guys, and Willie Sneed. That's not helping your young quarterback out. That's I don't right. care how good you think your tight end is. I, I don't think Mark Andrews is a great player. No. Um, I, I think he's a, a very um, – he, he, they can take advantage of their offense with Mark Andrews releasing down the team and catching the ball. That's really all he does. He's not a Gronkowski. He's not a, 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 a Travis Kelsey. He's a good player, not a great one. They don't have any offensive weapons around it. That's really what it comes down to. You're asking Lamar Jackson to make a lot more throws, I think, than he's capable of doing at this point in his career. And teams are keying on it. You know, The Steelers basically took out the idea of uh, using T.J. Watt to you know sack Lamar Jackson, instead mm-hmm. just spy him the entire game. If he has the ball, hit him. If he doesn't, hit him. And they, they shut him down largely doing that. Um, they're able to run the rest of the way, and that, that's kind of the danger of, of the Ravens' offense. But after a while, Lamar made plays. He got hit, he choked it up, and, and 
you saw what happened. I mean, it mm-hmm. wasn't uh, it wasn't a great game for Baltimore moving forward. Um, there are definitely problems with that team, and you can see it now. It's just funny that you know seven eight games into the season, they're already bailing on on a historical offense run by an offensive coordinator that it seems Baltimore wants to wants to run out of town. I, I don't know, but they 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 could have done more with their bye week. I think <laughs> to probably do more. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. It'll be a battle between these two teams moving forward. I definitely don't think they're done. I just think that they needed a, a pretty lights-out defensive performance to make that game competitive. Right. No, I and I understand that. They've got the Cowboys next. Um, obviously, the emotion of Ben DiNucci to face Pittsburgh. I mean, it's something you have to be concerned about. <laughs> oh. at, least, okay. at least from my end. I'm, uh, I'm not going to let that go either. I remember that well. Oh, my ben, God. Pine Richland graduate I know. and the, the James Madison Dukes yep. complaining after a loss to the, the national champion North Dakota State Bison. Um, I you believe me, I, I have a lot of uh, a lot of group threads with a lot of college friends going over Ben Denucci and his comments right now. It's uh, it's going to be fun. This is going to be fun. I actually announced a Ben Denucci game uh, because. People forget that 2018, he was the backup against Pitt. And in the rain, Penn State built up a huge lead, so they took people out, and he actually played. I was like, okay. <laughs> you throw an interception in the end zone at the end? I don't even know. I remember Ben DiNucci. I give him credit for being nondescript. Uh, okay. <laughs> but I, I will say this about Dallas. Uh, now, Sean Lee did get back, and for them, he's a stabilizer. He's not nearly the player he was. But he's a stabilizer. They played better defensively against Philadelphia, I think, than a lot of people expected. Yeah, let's, let's keep in mind. I mean, they're they're playing and coaching for jobs now. This is their yeah. family. This is their livelihood. Um, I I don't think, and I've I've heard a bunch of people saying this. Credible people now too. It's something to the effect of the Steelers don't win by forty, then the Steelers suck. No, that that's not really how the NFL works. Okay, the it, it, the NFL is how many on the left side of the column. How many on the right side? Style points are irrelevant. Yeah, yeah. The bottom line is you can see it, oh and seven teams, you know, one and six teams beating good teams in the league simply because yep. they get paid too. Okay, the, the coaches who are there, they don't want to lose their jobs. They're not looking to, to have to go find work somewhere else yeah. after having been fired from a team that went one and fifteen. Um, that's not interesting to them. They would rather have something quality to be able to go out and show, and the players feel the same way. Um, we'll, we'll get into to Mike McCarthy as an effective coach or not some other time, but it, the reality is they have their active attention this week. They're going to need to come up with a way to beat a pretty good football team. Um, I'm not going to say that they can't. I, I would expect Pittsburgh to win the game, but I don't think it's going to be as, as simple as the Steelers are going to show up and the Cowboys are going to fall over crying. It, it doesn't really work like that. So uh, Overall, I, Pittsburgh definitely has a better team. Um, I don't think Dallas's protection can hold up well against what uh, the Steelers are going to be throwing at them, especially with the rookie quarterback. Right. But with that, I don't think Dallas has any intention to challenge them in that regard. I think they're going to hand off and throw short the entire game. They're not going to let Danucci be in a position to cost him the game. Um, it, as much as they can get out of Elliott, whatever he has left at this point, right. um, they're going to try to, to utilize that. And frankly, if you're down Tyson Lulu, which is what it looks like for Pittsburgh, um, we saw plenty of film 
against Baltimore that shows that you can run on this team. You couldn't early, but Baltimore had no problem at all. Uh, it, it, just that alone, it, it's less about the opponent. It's about what the Steelers are capable of doing. A team that wants to run and, and wants to get physical and play the game aggressively, they can run on Pittsburgh if they have to. If Pittsburgh has to go as far into their defensive line as they did, anybody's going to struggle, and anybody's going to be able to have some success. And I think with that, Dallas can own the ball. Uh, you figure out a way to get a turnover or two in your own building. We've seen crazier upsets. So I think Mike Tomlin said it the best when he spoke earlier. It doesn't really make a difference who the opponent is. It's what we're doing. Um, yeah. He's not going to look down on the Cowboys. This is not a mini bye week and all the jokes that we'll be able to make about it. Uh, they're they're going to have to play a, a solid competitive game if they want to walk out of there with the win. It's their third consecutive on the road that can wear on you after a while. Yeah, um, I, I wouldn't guarantee anything at this point. Always a pleasure. Appreciate it very much. And wait, and I want to thank you for saving the show. <laughs> let's, let's just make sure to talk about Danucci next week again. Oh. I, I want to say that again. Uh, I'm gonna send this. To, I'm gonna send this to a few people now. Because you feel you offended some people. No, I, I'm going to send it to them because they're oh, saying yes. the same thing. If you go on the air, you got to talk about Danucci. How much you suck? Like, okay, I'll, I'll I'll do my best. Yeah, we'll record it. All right. Thank. All right. <laughs> thanks so much. Appreciate it. Definitely. Thanks for having me. Neil Kulong. All right. We'll take a look at uh, with Jeff Ehrman, Maryland football, next half hour. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 to 15 in Humble's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Great to have you back on the show today. So you liked how I took the uh, Craig Carton story at WFEN in New York and localized it to Lewisburg. I learned something. You like? Learn something new you, every day. I mean, you like that, huh? Yeah. There you, go. you have got to watch Goodfellas. Yes, I do. How can how can you be a guy? And never have watched Goodfellas. There's many, many other movies I need to watch. You have to watch this. Yeah. First of all, the vast majority of it's true. It's not. We we're talking. This is not a, some sort of fantasy story. This stuff's like almost all of it. You know, there may be some embellishment somewhere, but it's true. You have to watch this. I definitely will now. Now, I'd like to point out 
There are a couple of scenes that maybe a little Luke shouldn't watch. <laughs> we'll do it during nap time then. <laughs> do, it, do it during nap time. Look, it's on TV all the time. It is one of those, like, it's on TV a lot. But it is, uh, this is under the category of, you need to graduate to, to you know, you can't keep watching Barney movies. <laughs> yeah, my watching, my TV watching consists of 90% sports and with a little bit of, <laughs> Big Bang Theory, game shows, and everybody loves Raymond mixed in. I understand everybody's their own taste. <laughs> I'm saying give Goodfellas a shot. I will do that. Give it a shot. You may find it to be an intriguing exercise. Because I, you know... Yeah, am I saying it's the greatest movie of all time? No, but I think it's first of all it's factual. First of all it's factual. And second of all there's some entertainment value to it, but it's you know I mean the Lufthansa heist happened. The point shaving scandal happened. Okay? Billy Bats being um being killed happened. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, great pre-owned inventory. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is The Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Fabulous new lines. Pre-owned inventory. They have the best. The reason, they really check it over. Outstanding service department. From the difficult to the routine, they are outstanding. Great sales staff and great deals to be had at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Maryland lost its opener 41-3 to to Northwestern. A lot of people looking around saying, what the heck? Then last week, they jumped out with 21 first-quarter points against Minnesota. Didn't score in the second. Didn't score in the third. They're behind in the fourth quarter, and then they rally in the fourth quarter, force overtime, and then win in overtime courtesy of a missed extra point. They feel good about themselves. 
And with that, we bring in Jeff Ehrman from Maryland uh, 24-7 Sports. Jeff, great to have you with us. Thanks so much for your time today. Hey, Steve. Thanks for having me. All right. So what kind of emotional boost was that from Maryland after the loss to, to Northwestern? What does that do for those young – it's a young team. What does it do for those guys? Yeah. Yeah, it's really enormous for them, you know, for a few reasons, first of which being, you know, they had lost eight games in a row from between last season and the first game of this season, all of them Big Ten games. And, you know, a lot of people are talking about they're not going to win a game all season and 20-point underdogs in that game. And, you know, at the stage of the rebuilding process where they are right now, they really need uh, something to build confidence, you know, something even if it's not a marquee win, any Big Ten win, especially a big upset or a big comeback like that is something you kind of build on and look back on uh, later on during the growth periods of the of the process. So for those reasons, it's a really big. Uh, it was a really big win for them. All right. So now let's go. It's an odd game though. They jumped out of the gate beautifully on offense, twenty one points. Then did nothing in the second and third quarter, yeah. scoring wise. And then in the fourth quarter, remembered what they did in the first quarter. <laughs> so let's talk about Tolia Tunga Viola. Uh, he's the transfer from Alabama. Mike Mike mm-hmm. knows him because Mike coached him the whole deal. Whatever. Okay. Right. Uh, what has he brought to the table that they really needed? Uh, better quarterback play would be the most. It sounds yeah. extremely obvious, but they have not had good quarterback play in a while you know it's really been a yeah. a, a perennial issue with the program and you know the first game he really struggled at northwestern through three interceptions everybody's saying this kid is only well known because of his last name and things like that but you saw what he could do i mean he was dropping balls right into receivers hands you know really impressive throws he showed off his running ability had a 39 yard touchdown run uh scrambled to throw really well on the run too so for the first time in a long time, you know, there's really reason for hope that they've got their so, you know, quote-unquote franchise quarterback. Yeah, no, it makes a big difference. Also, a healthy Jake Funk helps as well. I mean, he's coming off the ACL. He's a running back I've always liked uh, Jeff very much. It just, you know, injuries have derailed him. Yeah, they have, and he's in the best shape of his career, Steve. He's noticeably bigger, faster, more explosive. I don't think anybody really ever saw him as a guy who was going to run for 200 yards in a Big Ten game, but you know, here we are. The other running backs they've had in the past, uh, like the established kind of stars, Anthony McFarlane, Javon Leak, and then before them, Ty Johnson, who's in the NFL himself. Those guys are gone, so for the first time, they've had to go to you know promoting a program guy so to speak into that role and he's taken it and, and run with it no pun intended I mean he, mm-hmm. he looked really good the offensive line has also done a really good job of clearing holes he had some big holes to run through uh, against Minnesota but you know against Penn State obviously it's going to be a much bigger task you know and uh, which will be interesting for him because he's got a lot of Penn State I think his father played uh, played at Penn State so yeah, yeah so I, I've got to ask you about um uh, about the defensive part of it. Now, Campbell, I think, is a terrific player. I mean, yep. He is a terrific player. Nick Cross is a terrific player. I think Lottez Rogers is really good. But they play two games now. They don't have a takeaway. In fact, not only do they not have a takeaway, they don't even have a forced fumble where the other yep. team recovered it. It's really odd. What do you think of their defense so far? Yeah, I think a lot of that has to do with the lack of a pass rush. Um, 
they haven't been getting to the quarterback at all. And, you know, that's where you, whether it's a fumble or you're forcing him into a bad throw for an interception, that's where a lot of turnovers happen. And they, they just haven't had that pass rush yet. It was expected to be an issue coming into the season. And then they lost their best pass rusher, Darrell Chami. Yeah. Uh, I think he'll be back, but it won't be this week. So that made them even weaker there. So I think that's a big part of it. And, and just, you know, it's a rebuilding defense. They're still, you know, put plainly, they're just not very good. They're giving up the most rushing yards in the Big Ten right now. So it's just a symptom of the defense just needing to be upgraded overall. You know, I watched the game, though, on Friday night. And in watching it, I felt like Minnesota got to a point where they were trying to protect. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that made Maryland's defense better because they were trying to protect. What did you think? No, that's absolutely right. Uh, P.J. Fleck went into his shell in the fourth yeah. quarter. You know, running running the ball had worked for him, and he wanted to milk the clock, obviously, as anybody would, up 17 points. But then he refused to go away from it, mix in. I, I, you know, honestly, I think if he mixes in a few play-action passes anywhere in those in, in those three straight drives where Maryland stopped them, then they probably win the game. Maryland held them to one first down and 11 rushing yards in the, in the quarter after – they had rushed for 200 plus yards in the first three, so uh, he definitely aided Maryland's comeback. There's no question about that. This has also been a program that it's not so much on offense because Tunga Viola obviously is a transfer, uh, but for the most part on defense, there's one either JC or a transfer after another on that defense. How yeah. important has that route been? That was really important for them this year. You know, when Loxley got there. There wasn't a ton of top-level talent, and then he really he let a lot of guys walk uh, who didn't feel fit the culture or maybe weren't good enough. So, you know, in football, as you know, it takes a long time to rebuild with freshmen. So if you can get a few grown men in there, especially in positions like on the defensive line and offensive line, which is where almost all of those junior college guys are, then that can help. None of them are necessarily stars, but several of them are starting. And, uh, you know, three, they have three linemen, one offensive lineman, and then two defensive linemen who are starting who came from junior colleges. So that's kind of just um, something to you know, fill those gaps as you recruit more and bring more freshmen up through the program. All right. Johnny Petrino, <laughs> he had not kicked one in a game longer than yeah. 40. I mean, in terms of making. He had not made the yeah. longest field goal he made in his career going into the game was 40. And then all of a sudden he popped a 51-yarder. Not yeah. only that, Jeff, with something to spare. Uh, when Locks talked about it after the game, uh, what did he say about that, and, and what kind of practice kicker has he been? Yeah, the funny thing is that he actually had not. So his freshman year, he made 12 of 14. I think his first 11, he was the last kicker in the country to miss a field goal. And then last year, he had a ham or a groin injury, and the team just wasn't getting into into the red zone much and when they did they were desperate for, for touchdowns so last year he did it. he went two for five and didn't make one till the seventh week of the season which was the latest of any kicker in the country any right. team in the country to make a field goal and uh and then you know he comes out and makes the 51 and at the end of the first yeah, first half he also attempted another 51 yarder that had plenty of distance but hit off the upright so Loxley I think feels really good about him you know he looked really good as a freshman last year was a little bit fluky but you know I think he's he's probably 
probably the best kicker that they've had in several years, kind of guy you can put out there from anywhere up to 52 or 53 and feel like you have a decent shot of making it, which you know obviously is huge for any college team with the way a lot of these kickers struggle. All right. Um, what's your thought? I know Penn State's 0-2, but what's your thought on Penn State? What does this game mean to Maryland? I mean, you know, for Penn State to try yeah. to break through, so the game has a lot of meaning, but what does it mean for Maryland? For Maryland, I think it's, you know, you got to be competitive, build off of last week. That might not necessarily mean a win, but at least it, it would mean not getting blown out. You know, they haven't even scored a touchdown in the last three games against Penn State, which is pretty incredible. Um So I think for them it's kind of showing that they're still progressing and not that last week was a fluke against a not not very good team. Uh, Not getting beat by 25 like the point spread says. Just just showing progression is really what it's all about at this point. Obviously they'd love to win, but just don't get blown out by Penn State as you have seemingly every year lately. Okay. Why? I know the Minnesota defense, as we saw with Michigan, is obviously not very good. Yeah. All right. They're not, they're, the the evidence is what Michigan State did defensively to Michigan shows that. But what was the biggest difference for Tunga Viola between that three interception ninety four yard performance and the three ninety four performance? Yeah. Um, I think part of it was that the first one is was his first college start ever. It's on the road under the lights which is tough. You know, he didn't have much experience at all, <clears throat> at all, excuse me. And then he starts off once, you know, he had that pick and then things just kind of went downhill from there. He was forcing it in the double coverage and, and Northwestern's a much better team. Minnesota's yeah. uh, defensive line and, and defense are pretty slow. So that helped too. But I think some of it was just getting his feet wet, having a week to kind of digest and work on things. You know, he's not going to be the 390 yard passer and with five touchdowns every week but he's also obviously not the guy who you saw at Northwestern that's why this weekend's going to be really interesting to yeah. see what he can do against a better team I have to ask you about Brian Cobbs whose father played on the national championship started mm-hmm. and played and picked off a pass in the national championship game against Miami and made one of the biggest plays that season when he stopped a two point conversion by Maryland with 14 seconds to go so how well has Brian Cobbs progressed he really has. You know, he was quiet early in his career. He's gotten a lot bigger and stronger. I mean, he's noticeably – Maryland has some pretty tall wide receivers. He's probably the yeah. thickest out of them, though. Uh, good hands. He's made several several nice plays so far this season. So, you know, he's a guy they lean on among a really good group of receivers. I think it's probably their deepest position. So he's not going to be your top threat or your number two threat, but he's a solid. I think he'll be contributing all season. No question. Jeff, what an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for the great information, great conversation. I really enjoyed it. Absolutely, Steve. Thanks for having me. Jeff Ehrman, Maryland 24-7 Sports. We'll wrap it up in a moment. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Great to have you with us. On the show today. Don't forget Shikolami football coming up. Friday night, 7 o'clock. Yeah, with Mifflinburg. In a, uh, we're calling it a made-for-suit contest. That's right. Yeah. 
Okay. <laughs> Gives the Chief and the suit one more game. Now, do we know when the high school basketball season starting? Um, don't know exact dates yet, as far as I know, but I believe the season, the winter season, will be starting on time, which is good. Okay. That's great. All right. Ah, man. This is uh, a Dunner statement, but it's a year unlike any other, as we all know. It really is remarkable the way uh, this doggone thing is played out. Hmm. It's like you feel like you're going week to week. I mean, look at Wisconsin and Purdue. They won't be playing this week. Wisconsin that them Wisconsin is down to one more miss. They can't miss okay, they miss one more game. Right? In other words, they have to play the rest of their games. Because you need six games to qualify for the division championship. If they miss one more they won't get the six games. And by not getting the six games, they will not be eligible for the Big Ten Championship. Even if they're 5-0. and It won't enter into play. So they're not going to play this week against Purdue. They've had an outbreak of 27. Of the 27, 15 are players. So... That's what continues. It's it's they've had an outbreak. It's obvious they've tried to get control over it. It doesn't seem yet like they have control of it. Maybe by the weekend they will. You hope they do, and then go from there. You Not only that, there. Steve, but I don't think anybody's realized this too. Reverse. They have to make sure that they also also have to rely on the rest of whoever's on their schedule that they don't have any outbreaks and they're not forced to cancel the game with them too. Yeah. Well, again, I mean, real tough spot. Yeah, Nebraska, for example. Yeah, it could be they they lose a game because somebody else. Yeah, that's a distinct possibility. Uh, Nebraska's only going to miss one. They play Northwestern this weekend. Then Penn State. I think you know by now, Penn State's a noon game. Uh, on the 14th. Uh, I haven't looked at Purdue's schedule, obviously. They're not in Penn State's schedule, so I didn't really look at it. Um, go from there. Um, but that is the spot they're in, and you're absolutely right, Matt. They could run into somebody else having a problem, and suddenly they don't. I mean, so they have to be, in order to qualify for an opportunity at a Big Ten championship game by winning their division, they can't have any more misses. Meanwhile, Penn State's got Maryland on Saturday. I thought Andrew Marshawn, by the way, was interesting about the intrigue of Sunday, Monday, Thursday football. I felt bad, though. I felt like I blew up his Thursday night scenario when I mentioned NFL Network. <laughs> he thought he had a break. He was breaking his story right here on the show. 
until I just thought, you shot that I just, down. I just thought I would ask. I only asked the question. No, that was a legitimate question. I mean, in other words, ABC could have it and it could be on NFL Network, you know. Right. And so it could work. Because home markets sometimes will put it on like their home network channel for those that don't have NFL Network. They've some they've done that before, and they do that with ESPN too with Monday I night think, games. I think when that is, yeah, all right, um, yeah, when it's NFL Network only, if it's on Fox, they don't do that because everybody can get Fox. Although, did I ever tell you this story about? It was nineteen ninety six. The Yankees were in the World Series what against the Braves. Correct. So Penn State is playing at Indiana. And we used to stay out at this place that I think they filmed The Shining at. Um, But out at Lake Monroe. So, you know, I go there. I mean, Joe always had his Friday night get-together, which I always thoroughly enjoyed. I mean, completely enjoyed. I mean, so many people would love to have been a fly in the wall for those Friday nights. It was, it was just the casual, casual get-together gold. Well, it's done on this Friday night. I'm going back to my hotel room, and I said, hey, I'm going to uh, I'm going to watch the World Series. So I get in the room. It's on Fox. I'm flipping around, flipping around, flipping around, flipping around, flipping around, flipping around. Hit the button, hit the button, hit like, oh, what the heck's going on here? Where the heck's Fox? I had to go down to the front desk. Oh, we don't have Fox. I said, how do you not have Fox? <laughs> That's a violation. It's like, it's like, well, no. One time we were at the Kensington in Ann Arbor and for basketball. Penn State's going to play Michigan. Dick Girardi calls me. He says, uh, I got a problem here. I can't find the Villanova game. I said, well, what channel's Villanova game on? He says, ESPN. I said, Dick. This hotel doesn't have ESPN. He says, "He says it's two. This is it's 2006. How does a hotel not have ESPN?" I said, "I don't know." And still to this day, you'll see hotels that I have like know. ESPN two, but not ESPN. It's uh, so I stupid. Just, I said, "Dick." I can't explain it. <laughs> I'm just telling you they don't have it, only because I've been here before and I knew they didn't have it before. That's unbelievable. He says, "Stay." That's absurd. I said, "I know it's absurd." I said, "But I can't do anything about it." Hey, we're gonna. Dick's gonna be on the show Friday to talk about the Breeders' Cup. By the way. Woohoo! The suit trying to make a little extra holiday money. And once again, after making choices on certain horses, it'll be back to another year of coal. (laughs) Sorry, honey. I'm sorry, honey. I gambled away the holiday money again.